Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So remember when Danielle Staub was getting into the podcast game for like a minute? Yeah. He was going to appear at the Strand, which is like the stand, like the comedy. It's like some stand-up comedy place on the Upper West Side. Very small place. And she put something out on Instagram like, you know, I'm going to do a live show. But I mean, literally, this theater seats about 20 people. So I said, you know, in a comment, welcome to the game, girl, because I have a successful podcast. You know, listen, if I'm in New York, I'll be there to, to support you. Because I've, I've always been close with Danielle. I'm like, not like, you know, you, but like we've had no... So Danielle responded, oh, boo, you know, blah, 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 XOXO. Great. I go to bed. What a great night. I have a great night's sleep. I wake up. I'm having my morning coffee. And I have about 300 texts from Miss Margaret Josephs. You fucking traitor. You fucking asshole. All be- I'm like, first of all, what are you doing on Danielle Staub's public Instagram page? Like, there wasn't three comments. There was hundreds of comments. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Once a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. Welcome to an all-new episode of Reality with the King. I'm here with my friend, David, from the extremely successful and uber-popular podcast called Behind the Velvet Rope. If you have not listened to it yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. He's funny, he's ferocious, and he keeps it funky, baby, all the way real. Give it up for my friend who I love, 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 and my Teresa boys, David. I love you too. Listen, I tell you this all the time. Like you've been on my podcast a bunch of times. I would literally talk to you every day if I could, Carlos. We should talk every day, but I know that it means you and I will not get anything done. And we have a lot to talk about in general. Let's just kick things off with the newly released Real Housewives of the Orange County trailer. OC is coming back in June. The Real Housewives of Atlanta is coming back in May. I want to hear your thoughts on the trailers that were released for these two shows. And if you think we are up for an amazing season. Let's start with RHOC. I mean, I really think this looked horrible. I'm being (laughs) honest. I'm being really honest. And I'm not like you. We were just talking before you went on air. It's like. I really do say positive things about a lot of people and a lot of things. I just think the past three years of RHOC have been really bad. I think 
Last season was the best it's been considering that Elizabeth Vargas season and the season before that. But like, I think Tamara coming back is certainly something, but I don't know. This this trailer to me looked really bad. I haven't addressed this on my social media feed or on the podcast, but I'm going to do it right now. I saw the Real Housewives of OC trailer and I thought it was lackluster. I thought it was anticlimactic only because there was so much attention and buildup given to this newly released trailer that was supposed to resurrect the OC because to David's point, which I do agree, OC has not been good to me since Vicky was full-time. It was something about Vicky's presence, whether you like her or not. She's the force multiplier. She's the queen bee. Her and Tamara are great together. I'm happy that Tamara's back. I think she's the blood that needed to be sucked back into the veins of these vampires. But I thought it was disappointing even the way it started off of like this ode to like housewives of the i love lucy era and i said okay it's cute to me it ran on for too long it should have been like maybe 10 seconds and i would have done something with marcia cross and terry hatcher that's just me Ooh, right if you want to talk about how the oc was a copycat of the scripted show desperate housewives i would have given a nod to that particular series and had some of the familiar faces do that intro. And I think it would have reminded us Housewife fans, this is how the shit got started. And we're here for it and we love it. And then to sort of see the next two minutes of it, I was just like, this is it? The only thing that got me excited were two moments. Obviously, Tamara throwing a napkin in someone's face is like, yikes. But it got me thrilled to say like, okay, what's gonna happen there? And then to confirm that Vicky is back. Other than that, I give it a D plus. Yeah, I mean, listen, I feel when you're starting out with like a gimmick, like we're black and white and there's lightning and it like, the, what does this tell us about what we're going to see this? It's like, this is not a good sign that we have like a gimmick and we're doing right this I love Lucy thing. I'm like, what is this? This isn't what we're going to see on the screen. So I did not care for that at all. And like, is this it? Like, you know, and like, listen, you know, like with Aspen, with Kathy Hill, and like when you hear something, we really haven't heard a lot of anything about this season. I mean, and also just knowing the fact that it's like, it was re-edited and like they kind of, you know, Taylor wasn't going to be a housewife. And then she was like, like, there's just a lot of backstory that I just, I don't think it's going to be very good. I was happy to see Vicky, whether you love her or hate her. That was nice. I am a huge Heather Dubrow fan. See, I'm going to say something positive because as a human, to me, she's been wonderful. Let's get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta trailer. Atlanta is back May 7th, 8 o'clock, 7 Central on Bravo. What do you think about that? Here's the thing. I actually did not even watch this trailer for so long because I was so not interested because I think last season was just so off for me. Especially when you have, like, you have all-stars. You have Sheree is back. Marlo finally has a peach. You know, you have these all-stars. I mean, I love Candy. I've had Candy on my podcast. I was blown away. Wasn't even excited to have her on. Blown away by how real the conversation was. I'm like, wow. So, to me, it's like last season should have been so good of Atlanta. It was such a miss for me that I didn't even watch this trailer. However, I have now watched it. 
I mean, I am very optimistic. It looks great. I'm like, wait a second. I want to personally apologize to every member, cast member of RHOA, because I literally was like, oh, this is, oh, this is not going to be good. Atlanta hasn't been good in like at least two years. But this trailer to me was like, okay, I am sorry. This looks great. Could not agree more. I enjoyed the trailer. I thought it was fantastic. You're right. I am Mr. Atlanta. I'm going to recap every episode this season like I did last year. If it's good, but I would say the trailer was very promising to what appears to be a great season. And I think that's why I was disappointed in the OC trailer, only because I've heard from several sources that it is a good season, but I don't think the trailer of OC reflected that. Now, the Atlanta trailer represented what we love, drama, shade, and comedy. And that's why the Atlanta girls were always number one. And I'm hopeful that due to Kenya being reactivated, Sheree, like you said, is, is such an OG and an all-star, I just want this show to get back to what made it number one, which is the drama of the comedy and the shade in between. I agree. And look, I think it seems like, and I mean, from certain people that are already talking, it seems like Candy's going to have a tough season. And listen, you know, you're a very highly paid housewife. I, I love Candy. All these people that say she's so boring and why is she there? Andy also loves Candy. So I think it's like for all the people that are like, Candy just wants to talk about, you know, the mass singer and her Broadway success and all her success. I think Candy is going to have a tough season. We love activated candy, honey. Right. And like, I think it's like for people that think candy doesn't have it or bring it and you need to be reminded, I'm sorry you had a bad season, candy. They're going to be reminded like candy deserves to be there and she deserves that peach. Listen, I worked with all of the girls before. I know what gets each of them to tick. When it comes to Sheree, you have to blindside Sheree with information to get the who gonna check me boo moment. When it comes to Kenya, Kenya needs to be put in an environment to where she can shine where she can be her best and be the investigator and the instigator that she is. When it comes to Candy, you need to activate her by making sure that you discuss something that she believes is too personal for you to talk about, whether it's her man, her mama, or her businesses. If you try to dig out one of those things, she's going to go off on you. And we've seen that in several seasons of the show. So I believe that each three of those things are going to happen. And because of that, Atlanta looks very promising based on the trailer. OC trailer did not deliver, but sources have said it is a great season. So it all remains to be seen. Ooh, I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. David. Yes. This current season of Jersey, I've only watched the premiere. I'm not here for the recycled drama. I'm not here for Jennifer Aiden versus Margaret Joseph. It was great at one point in time. It was delicious. I'm over it. I am so over Melissa versus Teresa, I'm bored. I'm exhausted. I haven't watched the show since the premiere. I will watch Teresa's wedding special because that's when the real drama happens. But I want to talk to you about it because are you watching this season? I'm watching it only because Kim D and I do the weekly Patreon Saturdays. 
Look, I agree with you. It's not even just Melissa and Teresa. Like, it's like Margaret versus Jennifer Aiden. Who cares? Like, Jackie Goldschneider, why are you even still there? I heard from someone, not a reliable source, but semi, that everyone might be coming back. <gasps> no! No. Now, no. I still don't see how. I don't see when, like, Melissa's on Watch What Happens and Andy says, like, I don't see a resolution. They just filmed the reunion. And, I mean, I have it from a very reliable source, and you could read between the lines. It's someone that was physically sitting there. That, like, the whole thing is pretty much Melissa versus Teresa. Everything Andy's saying is true. It was so ugly. Where do we go from I still, I'm going to stand by, I think Melissa will be going. I will stand by that along with you. Well, here's the thing. I think whether Melissa goes or stays, I think next season is... Is the takedown of Margaret. I think 100%. If Melissa goes, then next season we'll have some new people. But I think next season is like, put the nail in Margaret's coffin. And I think it's her last season. Or Melissa stays. And I think Melissa then, which Margaret wouldn't do to her. Margaret did to her behind her back. She turned on her. Well, Margaret's like, is the one, I mean, this whole rumor about Melissa kissing someone is technically because the her, Melissa's PR person saw this and then told Margaret and Margaret told her best friend, Laura, I'm not even knocking Margaret because that's her best friend of 40 years. That's how this is out there. But when Margaret's ex-friend says that Margaret, she does say these things behind all her friends' back. She does. On David's podcast, he had Margaret Joseph's ex-best friend, Laura. Now, Raindrops, remember, when Margaret was on my podcast, she mentioned this ex-best friend who, in her words, she was desperately trying to get on the show by any means necessary. Allegedly, Margaret introduced her. They put her on tape and pretty much said, we don't want you. And according to Margaret, that was the reason why Laura started to make up these lies. But... David had Laura on his podcast recently. It shocked the air race and broke the internet. What did Laura say to you about Margaret, allegedly, being a shit talker to her castmates behind the scenes? Do I really think that she is so angry that she's just making all this up because she didn't get on Housewives? No. You and Margaret at one point in time were friends. When you and Margaret were close friends and were hanging out, would Margaret talk shit about the cast members on the show who we think she's friends with? She said certain things, yeah. The one thing that sticks out to me that she always said, you know, can you believe that Dolores makes more money than me? I bring so much more to the show to, than her. I make. She would always say that. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I yeah. I mean, I see, I see your point. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But I mean, is that a nice thing to be telling me when Dolores is your your friend? I'm always saddened when best friends over two decades have a falling out over a TV show. Yes. I always feel bad about that because I'm like, were you guys friends in the first place? Like, how can a TV show come in between of a real friendship? Margaret and Laura's friendship, it's, it's beyond sad. And that was makes me mad. However, it still makes me nosy. So what was Laura saying to you about Margaret, because Laura is alleging that Margaret talks shit about her cast members, but she also is saying that Margaret is the one that told her about the rumor of Melissa, allegedly, being 
caught kissing another guy in a car? I know the guy. I mean, okay, I'm not friends with him, but I've seen them. I've seen them all interact. Like, I know that when they go out, they're at, like, Fresco by Scotto, which he does PR for. Like, I know that they go out at night together. So when someone says that, like, Margaret was with Melissa and their shared PR person. And the, oh, by the way, the PR person is best friends with the guy that Melissa allegedly kissed, like best friends. So they are all out in New York City, whether this happened or not, they're all together. So how is it that Laura is making up all these names when they're actually truly all out together? So it's like the fact that like this PR person that worked for Melissa and, and Margaret opens a car door saw this, closed the car door. Then the next day is working with his other client, Margaret, and says, girl, let me tell you what happened last night. And Margaret's like, really? Now think about it. That's where this starts. It starts with this PR person. But then Margaret has this and she tells her best friend of 40 years. Now, of course, they've had a falling out and this is out there. So when I started saying on my show... I know. No, I did not see this with my own eyes, but I know this happened. I'm going with I know it. I just know it. That is my opinion because I know all these people and I know how often they used to go out together. I know this happened. That was when Margaret was like, shh, you know, you shouldn't be saying this. I'm like, but this has nothing to do with you. I'm not even saying you did anything wrong. There was one phone call we had and you are now lying to me and trying to convince me that this didn't happen. If Margaret called me and said, blah, 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 and we're friends, do not repeat this on this show, then I never would have said it. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if Teresa called and said, Carlos, listen, blah, 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 blah. And nobody knows this. Don't ever put this on the, you wouldn't talk about it on the podcast. You and me talk when we know something from a reliable source, but like, it's not from the direct source. So if Margaret said to me, oh my God, it's fucking dude, and just don't talk. I was like, Okay, then I wouldn't have. You're now trying to convince me that this didn't, you're like lying now to me. And girl, we both know this happens. Like, and I know. So it's like, now you're lying to me, but this is not in a DM or a text or not. We're just talking one-on-one and you're like lying to me now. So did you and Margaret have a falling out of a friendship because of this? Well, I feel that we've had a lot of things in the past happen a lot, but this certainly Once I started on my weekly show, because what are you going to do? You're not going to lie to your raindrops when you know something (laughs) is true. So I was just like, I have nothing against Margaret. I'm just telling everybody when this topic came up with Kim D, I was like, yeah, no, this, this, here's why I believe this happened. When I started with this narrative, Margaret took it as a strike against her because, you know, she's team Melissa and Jackie against Trey. I'm like, girl, I'm not on the show. Like, I'm just this has nothing to do with you. And I'm not even criticizing you for telling your best friend of 40 years. I'm just telling my audience where I feel like I owe them the truth that I I know this happened. I just know it. So remember when Danielle Staub was getting into the podcast game for like a minute? Yes. He was going to appear at the Strand, which is like the stand, like the comedy. It's like some stand-up comedy place on the Upper West Side. Very small place. And she put something out on Instagram like, you know, I'm going to do a live show. But I mean, literally, this theater seats about 20 people. So I said, you know, in a comment, welcome to the game, girl, because I have a successful podcast. You know, listen, if I'm in New York, I'll be there to, to support you. Because I've, I've always been close with Danielle. I'm like, not like, you know, you, but like we've had no... So Danielle responded, oh, boo, you know, blah, 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 XOXO, great. 
I go to bed. What a great night. I have a great night's sleep. I wake up. I'm having my morning coffee. And I have about 300 texts from Miss Margaret Josephs. You fucking traitor. You fucking asshole. All be- I'm like, first of all, what are you doing on Danielle Staub's public Instagram page? Like, there wasn't three comments. There was hundreds of comments. It's Danielle Staub. I don't know how many com- I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait. So this just, I'm just giving you a background of our friendship. This was like in 2020. Carlos, you didn't realize I was going to spill all this tea. This is I why, love it so much. This is why Carlos King is an excellent producer, guys. Because <laughs> he gets you. But I mean, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's a comment. But she was like, you choose her or you choose me. Shut up. I see. I'm speechless. I'm David. I'm speechless because you are actually friends with Margaret. Danielle, you have a great rapport with, right? I'm floored because what's the issue? I get that Danielle pulled Margaret's ponytail. Time has passed. Like, what? I then completely distanced myself from Danielle. So I did it. No one forced me to do it. But at the time, I was like, this doesn't feel right. I mean, I've since, you know, apologized to Danielle. You're not a mean-spirited person. And it saddens me to hear that. But going to this upcoming reunion, in terms of it being aired, it was shot recently. There's tons of rumors that has transpired Andy Cohen has said he lost his cool on Teresa. He said the Teresa versus Melissa is really bad, but it is new information. With this tea about what Melissa allegedly did that's going to air this season on the show, what have you heard about if that conversation is the reason why it got so big? Or are you hearing other stuff was disclosed about Melissa and or Teresa. I'm not hearing anything new that's like, you know, I think it's like a rehashing of all that. I think, well, I mean, except for, I guess it comes up or I don't know if it comes up on the reunion, but this whole thing about which Kim D has been saying now for about three years, like this whole thing that like Jacqueline, you know what it is? Sometimes you, when you hear so much information, mm-hmm. you don't know, is this real world? Or I think, but I think what I heard is, I think this does come up at the reunion where now that Jacqueline and Teresa have had lunch and they've kept in touch that Jacqueline, I guess, told Teresa that, you know, your brother, Joe, not even Melissa, your brother is was friends with Juicy's ex-partner and your brother was one of the ones that, you know, called, oh, this does come up at the reunion, involved the feds. And then the rumor is that, the rumor is that Teresa, and I talked about this with Kim, I turned to, Teresa turns to Dolores and says, please do me a favor. Tell Carolyn Manzo, I'm sorry. (gasps) Shut! (laughs) It's a pretty reliable source. That's what I heard. And the reason why it's such a jaw dropper is because remember that for the longest time, Teresa has alleged that she believes Caroline was, in the words of the Jersey world, the rat. The one who ratted them out to the feds. Teresa has always said it was Caroline. Caroline has always vehemently denied it. I know Caroline personally. To this day, I never believed it. I still don't believe it. That's not who Caroline is. Jacqueline and Teresa are back friends. I had Jacqueline on the podcast. She said they spoke for four hours about a lot of stuff. 
she did not reveal that to me. But if you're talking to somebody for four hours, you're talking more about the kids and their play date. You're talking about some really pertinent information that needed to be unraveled during this Ponderosa. So, I mean, maybe, you know, so to me, it's like, because Kim has been saying this on my show. So to me, I was like, oh, is that new? But I guess to Teresa, maybe that is new because she then apparently turned to somebody. I think it was Dolores. Since I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, and said this to Caroline and because Dolores is friends with Caroline. So we'll see if this comes out. But I think that's the new info. So, look, I think Teresa is really done with them. Like, look, I don't see how... Melissa comes back. But here's the thing. So I think next season is the takedown of Margaret regardless. This this is what got me to thinking. Is it possible that Melissa comes back and the whole season is still the takedown of Margaret and Melissa, who is so desperate to save her job, so desperate. Is it possible that Melissa then is just kind of sits back while Margaret's taken down and is like, girl, I know you helped me, but I'm not helping you. And then that like somewhere the executive producers are like, you know what? Melissa is vital to this show. And the way to change this show is not to get rid of her. It's to get rid of Margaret. The only way it would make sense for Melissa to come back to me is if we're going with your theory, it would make sense if Melissa is a part of the Margaret take now because it's something different we haven't seen. So that would be interesting. But this is the thing that's going to be always weird. The show revolves around Teresa. The idea of Teresa and Melissa being in the same room, to me, doesn't work. Now, Melissa makes a lot of money on this show, seven figures. If I knew my job was on the line because I would have to say, you know what, ego aside, I got to get back right with my sister-in-law, I would have used the reunion to make amends with Teresa and vow to work towards that in order to keep my job, whisper in Teresa's ear, I'm sorry, let's take Margaret down. I would have done that in order to keep my job. So that's why I'm really surprised that Melissa played her cards wrong. I agree. And like, so, you know, Kim has been saying all along too, which I I agree with. I adopted this theory that like, you know, Luis is the wild card. So apparently... Also, when all of this was said and done, he got up at the end and shook every, like, you know, they they come for him, but he shook everyone's hands, including Joe Gorga's. Even though this was revealed that Joe helped get Juicy deported, allegedly, we're going to see that, that, like, if I were Melissa, I would have appealed to Louie, because the one person yeah. where I'm sitting that can tell Teresa what to do, and she listens, is, is Louie. So Melissa really should have, her and Joe should have forgotten about everyone and focused on him. Because if he said, listen, you need to give your brother a chance. And you know, she would have done it. You love your girl, Teresa, but let's face it. She listens to Louie. That's her husband. The one thing I loved about Louie in last year's reunion was Louie has the sensibility to let Teresa know you can't always hold a grudge. It's not going to do you any justice to your heart, your spirit, or just life. Let's forgive and move on from it. So I do agree with you. If Melissa is back, they're not going to let it be Teresa versus Melissa. They're just not. That's the thing about Jersey. Jersey is no longer must-see TV to where I'm getting something fresh. Like, Lisa Renna versus Kathy Hilton was like, What? I need to watch this the day it comes on. I'm canceling my dinner reservations. 
Jersey needs to get that. So I agree there. Now, before I let you go, recently, David and our good friend, Sarah Frazier, attended a foundation that Dorit... Does she oversee this foundation, David? She donates her time. Like, it's her. It's her. Sharon Stone is a part of this charity. And William H. Macy. We saw the pictures. The entire cast was there. The new girl, Annalise, was there as well. How was it? Were, were the housewives receptive to you? Because, you know, you're kind of a bad boy in the podcast. <laughs> All right, Raindrops. I hate to interrupt, but to hear more about what happened at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills event, log on to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the Carlos King underscore to watch David and I talk about it. He spilled some very juicy tea, child. Is this season of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills going to be good? Watch to find out. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Share comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and yes, baby, my YouTube channel where you can get all of my visuals, baby. My expressions. Yes. And don't forget, tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag Reality with the King. Reality with the King is a production of Kingdom Reign Entertainment. It is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks and executive produced by me, Carlos King. Kingdom Reign Entertainment, baby!